Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Blouse like they bossing in the Hello and welcome to AEW Unrestricted, uh, which is, funny enough, the 200th episode of AEW Unrestricted. I am Aubrey Edwards, co-host of 199 episodes, <laughs> along with my co-host, Will Washington. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Yeah, that's right. There's one episode without you. Yeah. And not gonna lie, that one was definitely nerve-wracking just because it's like, hey... It's just you and Tony on this one, and so and and um, you were still like new too, so it's hard to like guide a Tony preview episode like by yourself. <laughs> yeah, but surprisingly, like Tony was happy with it. I'm happy with it. Of so. course, there we go. There we go. You guys hang out together a lot, like just because you're in his office on show day, so it makes total sense. I was just like, here's the equipment. I feel like shit, and I just went to bed. <laughs> yes, but uh, no episode 200. I mean, to, to have done 200 of these, and that's not uh, exactly something that. To, kind of shake your head at because like that we only do this once a week so Mm -hmm. we're talking about four years of this show and that going back you know for a four-year-old company actually at this point AEW is officially five years old this week but going back to the beginning of dynamite this show has existed yeah it's wild you've been a part of nearly all of them all of these interviews we've had so many great talents on this show we've had so many it's kind of a cool peek behind the scenes and uh, a cool peek at people's lives and things along those lines. Um, I used to be a listener of this show. Hey. Now I have to listen to it because I'm here. <laughs> now um, you're gonna but, listen to me, asshole. <laughs> yes, I've heard every episode I've been on, right? Hey. But no, I, I. But that's the thing is, I, I've listened to nearly every interview that this show had done, and to be here now is so cool. And I'm so happy for you to have hit 200 episodes. I'm happy to be a part of all the ones I've been a part of in 2023, but we're here in 2024 now. Oh my God, where did the time go? How old do you feel? Uh, probably about as, as, as old as I possibly can. The other day, Sheeta had said to me that she was surprised that I had only been with AEW at this point eight months. Because right. she's like, it feels like forever. forever. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know what, because I, I travel multiple times a week now, it does feel like it's been way longer than eight months, but it's only been eight months. That's wild. That's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. We're already in 2024. As you said, AEW is now officially five years old, just had the birthday. 
which is always fun to think back that it was like being the elite and hangman turning around a cell phone and showing a logo like look look humble beginnings <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now we're like oh yeah we just went to new jersey for like our 12th time like it was just we just had another pay-per-view like the the fact that this is just our life now and it's so uh like regular so routine almost and it was such like it's still exciting, but it's exciting in a different way because we're seeing a period of growth for the company and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, it is now 2024. I figured we do something exciting. This is actually our producer Stacy's idea that we uh, kind of go back and look at last year and talk about some of our favorite matches. But asterisks. Uh, we just talk about TV matches because I think we do spend a lot of time talking about pay-per-views on this ep- on this uh, podcast, which is great because our pay-per-views are always phenomenal. But there is so much good wrestling that happens on live TV that we just kind of overlook a little bit. Uh, maybe that's not the right word, but there's so much. And I know I was going back through my notes to figure out like what matches I have that that were particularly memorable for me. And like I was sending Stacy notes and I remember seeing like Jamie Hayter versus Emmy Sakura, January 27th. And the only note I had was hamburger meat <laughs> because the I way I know where this is going, because the way that they chopped each other. <laughs> yeah, I thought, that, I thought that's where you're going. The, the, that, yeah. Both their chests after just literally looked like hamburger meat. Like that's just the sort of like saying that happens backstage. Like, oh, ground beef is nasty because they're already bruising. Right. And that was one of those matches for me that when you see it on paper, you just immediately have that reaction of, oh, this is going to be good because both those women hit hard as hell (laughs) and they're going to leave it all in the ring. And there's just a lot of history there, both having, you know, the Japanese style and seeing that come forward on TV like. I can't believe that happened last year. It feels like forever ago. I know. There's so much. I mean, look, I'm looking at matches that just since I started and uh, realizing I I can't believe that these are these happened that recently. Right. But yeah, this last year was a great year for TV matches, especially considering the circumstances that got the surrounded. We got the the Continental Classic. MJF put Brian through the ringer, and a lot of things got to happen on TV. We had the debut of Collision. Mm. So many cool things got to happen that brought us these matches we're going to be talking about here today. And I love it. I, look, I still, uh, the, the beauty of working this job is that I still love pro wrestling. I still absolutely love it. I still love watching it. I still get those thrills. I can know the full outcome of a match, and I will still, I, I told, Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson that they 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 got me on a couple of falsies. Like I thought, was I lied to here somehow? <laughs> we can't fame the creative guy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, how can this be? Like they've they've gotten me. Like I can still fall into the drama of pro wrestling. And if I can, then I know you can. And that's why we're talking about the matches we have here today. What are we starting out with? Um, I mean, like the year started on a crazy note. We were in the middle of Death Triangle versus the Elite in a best of seven. And I remember when this was announced uh, at the end of 2022, that feels like forever ago, that in my mind, best of sevens are really difficult because you're seeing the same people on a weekly basis in kind of a similar format. So as a performer, you're kind of stuck in this spot of, I need to find a way to step it up every single week. And the way that this series kind of culminated, like at one point, the elite were down three to one versus Death Triangle. And then we ended up leading to this ladder match right after the Falls Count Anywhere. 
And it was just absolutely insane. Like both of these teams are no strangers to ladder matches. I was going back and looking at some of the clips, like Penta did his finish on one of the ladders that was like horizontal hanging from another ladder and the rope. Uh, There's just stupid, stupid stuff happening constantly. And it was such a great tournament. It ended so well seeing the elite become trios champions. And I just think it was a great, great start to the year. Yeah, absolutely. I was a, a big fan of this. Um, it, it happened at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles and just a phenomenal main event. I think knowing that this was an environment that was particularly special to the Young Bucks and uh, the Lucha Bros, as we'd seen them in ladder matches before, but to add Kenny and Pac, who have had such a storied rivalry before that, as an added element to this, this was uh, an excellent match uh, and yeah, a great way to end that series. I really like it too. Cause of the two matches we've talked so far, there's been two people who have been fortunately been out with injury and it's nice to kind of go back and remember like how great all of these were and how many amazing performers we have that not even that you just see on TV every week, but in the deck that is our roster. So man, I, I I can't wait to see some of these guys again. It's absolutely great. I agree. Uh, and then January w- was a really hard month for AEW in that um, that particular month was when we lost Jay Briscoe. And that was uh, already, the January 25th show was already a, a really, really difficult show. That show got to end on a really proud note, seeing Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal go one-on-one in their tribute to Jay Briscoe match. It was Mark's TV debut on what would have been uh, Jay Briscoe's 39th birthday. And to get to see just the love poured out from the fans, from the talent, from the staff for that match, I think makes this a really memorable TV moment. It's always unfortunate when something like this happens, when... When you lose someone, it's unfortunate. When you lose someone that has meant so much to many people, and I was not really close with the Briscoes at all. I had met them only a handful of times. So I think that day, because we were all flying in sort of when we got the news, was really hard because I saw so many of my friends hurting because so much of AEW's history is in Ring of Honor in sort of the old Sinclair era. So, so many of these people are so close to the Briscoe family. And then seeing just the outpouring of support from their community has been super wonderful. But also seeing Mark Briscoe kind of come into his own as a performer. Like, we've always thought of the Briscoes. And I <laughs> I love Mark Briscoe. He is such a phenomenal guy. He is so hilarious. And he has like an army of children. Like, he's so funny. <laughs> So I'm so like, it's unfortunate the way that his singles career started with AEW, but I think it's one of those things where he's truly thrived. And I'm really happy that he has the AEW family behind him, that we all have his back and that he's finding a lot of success in a television product. Oh, I I completely agree. I think that, uh, especially as the continental classic was, was going on and he only got the one victory, but against Jay Lethal. Against Jay Lethal. And, you know, the way he had explained that, uh, and I talked to him about it, but the way he goes, you know, this is my rookie year as a singles performer. And uh, it, it truly is. He had spent all of his time as a tag team 
wrestler and this is his rookie year and he's just getting started Mm -hmm. and to hear him be able to put a positive spin on that the way mark briscoe can was just so great and uh it's been excellent getting to know him but again seeing his singles career start here i think was an incredible and important moment for aew it's been really interesting from like i don't know i've been thinking about grieving a lot recently and like when we lost brody it was really hard because we were all, we were all in pandemic and the situation was completely different but i think because we have mark here it's allowed us to call all kind of grieve differently and it's been a really interesting situation and it's been uh, a really good example of the relationships that people make in this business that you end up seeing these people more than you see your own family and they become your family. And I'm really happy that I can call Mark Briscoe family. Absolutely. And, uh, I think on that note, we will, uh, gather ourselves and talk a little bit more about some of the best TV matches that happened on AEW television right here when AEW Unrestricted continues. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. AEW Unrestricted. It's Aubrey. It's Will. We're talking about favorite TV matches of 2023. And it's hard to talk about TV matches without talking about a guy who, in every situation he's put in on TV goes above and beyond and with this being his final year with his final year wrestling i have a feeling that 2024 is going to be even more of that but we saw brian danielson in some tv classics this year bro one in particular (laughs) was this bloody affair february 8th 2023 against roosh oh my god i'm I'm so glad you brought this match up because that match is one of my favorites from last year yeah it it was so good Uh, of course this was on the path toward brian challenging mjf toward or for the aew world championship in the iron man match at revolution but before we got there brian had to to run the ringer and a lot of those matches he had were already just amazing killer performances but this one in particular this bloody affair with Roosh I think was the match that made people look at Roosh and go he belongs we knew he was great good but now we know he's great Mm -hmm. and we know that he belongs in a ring with the Brian Danielson and uh, again these two just went back and forth the crowd bit on literally everything that this match had and yeah by the end Brian Danielson was victorious, but I think Roosh walked away 
just as good in defeat. Absolutely. It's one of those great things about wrestling is that, I mean, this is a little peek behind the curtain, but you don't necessarily have to win to get the benefits of a great match as a performer. Like you can lose and still come out almost better than the guy that won because you've now had that exposure and you've been elevated to that new level. Like you and I both agree, Brian Danielson is the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, he's both of our favorites wrestlers. So anytime someone's in the ring with Brian Danielson, you immediately go, ooh, who is this person? This is important, uh, which is really great. And I love I love thinking about this match and then thinking about the Continental Classic because we've seen Roosh grow as a performer over the last year. And another peek behind the curtain, like Roosh and I are good buddies. And we talk a lot about kind of American style wrestling compared to wrestling in Mexico and the differences between the two. And it's very nuanced, but there's a lot of like having to deal with commercials, having to deal with cameras and pacing and storytelling and all of these things that are very, very different that he's been learning along the way. And to see him have this incredible match with Brian back in February, to see him have different style of matches every week in the Continental Classic to round out the year was just so great. And I could not be more proud of that guy. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, there's another match I wanted to talk about. Because speaking of um, people you've grown close with, a a quick little story in that March 22nd, 2023. So most people know I live in Denver, Colorado, uh, which is a stone's throw from the state of Kansas, which is right next to Missouri. And uh, you guys had a show, uh, AEW Dynamite in Independence, Missouri, uh, which we hit twice in in 2023. I got a text from one Tony Khan right before that show. This was a month and a half before I started with AEW. Right. But I get a text from Tony the Friday before that Dynamite. And he just says, I think this is going to be one of the greatest episodes of Dynamite we've ever done. And I go, Okay. Interesting. And, what a response. Okay. Yeah. Well, I go like to to that level of confidence in this. How can this be? And of course, we end up announcing that it's going to be Vikingo versus Kenny Omega in the main event of AEW Dynamite. And I got up, got in my car, and I drove to Independence, Missouri, from Denver, Colorado, to see this in person. And totally worth it. I think that this was just an incredible showcase for Vikingo. I think that for him to get this first showing on AEW television in front of this audience, people have been wanting to see Kenny and Vikingo. That match was supposed to happen in 2021. And then, of course, Kenny got uh, had to have his surgery and he was out for nine months. And this was the first Kenny Omega singles match since that time period. Yep. And, of course, to for him to come back into singles competition and to do this particular match with Vikingo was just the absolute right call. And it capped off what was already an incredible episode of Dynamite. But to see these two in action on TV, I think this was a great introduction to the uh, American audience for Vikingo, um, who I think has been thrilling AEW audiences ever since. Uh, And then it was one of those reminders that Kenny Omega is still the cleaner. And... We got to see just an incredible 6.30 and it's still one of those highlight real moments at 6.30 through the table to the outside. 
I can't say enough great things about this match. Kenny and Vikingo is a match that I could watch over and over and over again. It was that good. My favorite part of this was watching the online discourse about it. Like when it got announced, the general response was, well, who the hell is this guy? Because it's like there's someone who's not on AEW TV, someone who's like most people can't even pronounce his name. And it's just like, wait, he's he's the longest reigning champion at AAA and he's wrestling Kenny. So once you kind of make that connection of, oh, this is a big deal. Like Kenny has Kenny has wanted to do this match. So we're now doing it on TV. This is going to be important. And I think the people that kind of figured that out right away tuned in and saw this and went, how is this guy defying gravity the way that he is? He does things that I'm, I mean, I, I took a number of high level physics classes in college and I still don't understand how he's able to do all the things he does. <laughs> and you see a lot of it in person now too. So, Which like, is terrifying. <laughs> seeing it up close has to be even more terrifying. There's been a couple times where like I have to actually climb up on the ropes to get out of the way because he's just doing things. And it's, it's hard because you can kind of predict where wrestlers are going based on moves, but you can't with him because he's over here and then he's over here on this rope and then he's like upside down on the floor and you're just, how did the hell did he get here? He's such an incredible wrestler. I feel like every time he's on TV, he um, he surprises us. He does things that we've seen a couple times before that are still impressive as hell. It's I'm so happy that his first introduction to the AEW audience was through Kenny Omega because I think like we talked about last segment it kind of just put him on the same platform and people went oh this guy's great this guy's the one to watch and seeing people like that come into AEW and have excellence in front of our crowd is so great and one of my favorite things about working here I so love to hear that I want to stay on the Kenny Omega train for a little bit sure uh if I may because uh this one is particularly special to me because it happened a week after I started. I started May 3rd. It's my first week. Oh, and then one week later, one. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, hey, Kenny Omega one-on-one with John Moxley in a steel cage match. I think, I've said this before, you know, I talk about Brian Danielson. I, I make a lot of absolutes. Sorry that I do that, but I do. Uh, I talk about Brian Danielson being, in my opinion, the greatest wrestler of all time. But I think... When we talk about rivalries in AEW, I think the most important rivalry in the history of AEW is John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Agreed. And the reason I feel that way is because when you think about the first AEW show and how it went off the air, talking about the original Double or Nothing, it ends with John Moxley making his debut and brawling with Kenny Omega, throwing him off the stage, throwing him off the chips, and pretty much the first tone setter for AEW going off the air was John Moxley and Kenny Omega. We knew these these two would be going at it forever as soon as AEW's first show went off the air. And so to me, every time these two can revisit each other, it is a reminder of the origins of the company. And so to me, I think it's the most important rivalry in AEW's history. And to get to do it on Dynamite again, um, you know, we had seen them before in... Uh, at the original Winter is Coming that saw Kenny Omega win the AEW World Championship. We had seen them also face each other in a exploding barbed wire death match. But up until this point, we hadn't seen them inside of a steel cage. And what was fun about this was 
for everything to have gone full circle with these two because we'd seen them both as as baby faces i didn't even mention by the way the uh the lights out match at full gear oh my god there's but, so much yeah <laughs> there's so much with these two but uh for these two to have been who they are and we've seen kenny omega as as, as an obnoxious heel we've seen john moxley as the valiant baby face but we hadn't quite seen it here where john moxley was on the the villainous side and kenny omega uh was the hero and uh this was in detroit little caesar's arena and these guys again just tore it down with each other it was they just reminded us of how special it is when we get to see john moxley and kenny omega together inside a ring uh this was also an important moment and a pivotal turn in the bcc in elite history because we saw the turn of don Callis. yes speaking of villainous <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about one of the greatest heel turns of 2023. Like I was watching the the clips this morning and like watching Kenny do the the knee to John Moxley to bust open the wall of the cage where then Kenny gets his legs stuck between the cage and the ring. So I'm just like, yeah. please don't hurt Kenny. He's been gone for so long. Like, oh no. Oh no. And like I don't think anyone saw the Don Callis thing coming. I mean, you probably did. <laughs> I mean, look, it was my second week, so it was it was my You're still new first ex- Yeah, I was still new, and like it was one of those. Okay, um, th- seeing this all come together was was fascinating. I found Kenny afterward um, just to make sure he was okay, and now I've learned that after any Kenny match, and I ask him if he's okay, he's going to give me the same answer. But the that was my second week, and that was the moment I realized. I'm going to like it here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really going to like it here. I, I went out into the arena and watched the match from the stands like I do for a lot of things. And again, just that Detroit crowd going nuts for for literally everything. And yeah, uh, of course, the the cage wall busting down with the V-trigger. Don Callis' turn. There's so much to remember about this match. But like I said, it was such a pivotal moment for the elite in BCC's history because everything kind of changed after this. It was literally a week later that Hangman rejoins the elite and so much had gone down at that point that I love this. I, I, I was so happy with them getting to do this in a steel cage and I can't wait to see Kitty Omega and Shaw Moxie tear it up again. There's no way this is the end. This is uh, These two are destined to do this forever and we got to see it again in 2023 and I love that. Yeah. I know Kenny's out for a little bit and he's recovering from some stuff and uh, just wanted to send some love to Kenny. Yeah, absolutely. Heck of a fighter and has gone through so much in just his time at AEW. And it's crazy to think like how good the guy is, even when he's in crazy pain. (laughs) And it's like, could you imagine how great he was if he was 100%? (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Like, uh, oh my God, this is wild. Yeah, get well soon, Kenny. Dude, we miss you, buddy. I want to talk about the parking lot fight and how fun this was it was uh what episode it was episode of rampage i think uh august 4th in, yeah august 4th and we had found out we were doing it like the week before and trying to figure out okay well who's going to be there how do we have to change travel all this kind of stuff and as soon as we got there and we're sort of setting up how it's all going to work it, we knew that we were in for something really really cool because that's the kind of match you can really only do in one shot that 
and obviously live TV, we're doing everything in one shot. Like, yes, but it's in a ring. When you have things like coordinated stunts and broken glass and flaming pieces of wood with barbed wire, like when you have, when you have Sue driving in in a van, (laughs) to have this all orchestrated is not only like just a testament to how great and creative our wrestlers are, but also how on it our production team is when we say hey we need like three cars that we can destroy okay cool and they just make it happen and hey we need uh, a van for sue because her last one got utterly destroyed and then we find <laughs> another one also by the way sue walks in with a full plate of cookies which is the most yeah. sue thing i've ever seen no absolutely yeah i i thought when i started in AEW originally i thought this was just a gimmick and nope, that's her uh nope my favorite part about all in amongst many other things was the fact that Sue, Sue brought cookies, cookies were Sue brought cookies and also brookies like the the brownie cookies oh my god i'm not <laughs> supposed to be admitting publicly cuz personal trainer is going to kill me for this uh that i ate those but i ate those and i have no regrets there we go but yeah the the parking lot fight was really great i think it was a nice callback to the the famous parking lot fight we'd happened previously during the pandemic this one was great cuz we got to see the BCC versus the best friends, which was a nice, a nice little rivalry. We see Claudio be this incredible beast, which is crazy because he's like actually one of the nicest human beings in the world. And as soon as those cameras are on, I was like, oh, this is a deadly guy. Like, I am scared I might get hurt in this. <laughs> and I'm so close and crazy <laughs> to the action. So this one was really, really good. And I wanted to make sure we just chatted about this one a little bit. Of course. And it was the return to Daly's Place for for everybody. And for considering that AEW didn't get to run Daly's Place in 2023, to get to go back to do that match, I think uh, it was really special. It was really nice. And it's weird to walk in all of the places where we were at for so long, like to walk into Daly's Place and not have just a ring permanently set up in the middle was kind of crazy. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like the same place. But then as soon as you get to where the parking lot brawl was set, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is the same place. And all the nostalgia comes running back. There's a lot of nostalgia. We're talking about some of our favorite matches from last year here on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted, we're back. Aubrey and Will are talking about favorite matches of 2023. Uh, We got to take a big Canadian tour this past (laughs) summer. Um, And it was... You know, that that was an experience uh, for me. That was the first time I had ever spent... Actually, was that was my first trip to Canada ever. Yeah, that was my first trip to Canada ever, uh, starting with Forbidden Door, but then to to spend over a week there as long as we did, uh, or as long as I did. I didn't get to go home till after the Hamilton show. So I did the four back-to-back-to-back shows, then went home, then flew back. And uh, it was just such a great tour and such a, an eye opener for me in getting traveling under me. But I'd say one of my favorite nights had to have been Calgary, mm-hmm. and specifically the Ca- Calgary episode of Collision. So many things happened there. We crowned the two Owen Hart tournament winners, but there was also one match that took place that night that was the best of three falls match between FTR. And Bullet Club Gold's Jay White and Juice Robinson. What a match. Dude, I, I, I feel like this is the quintessential like collision match. Like 
we were just sort of getting our feet underneath us and figuring out how collision is different than dynamite and how like how does how do Saturdays even work? Because this is this is new for us. And also we're in Canada. So how do Saturdays work? And then how much of this is because we're in Canada and how much of this is going to kind of stay the same? And to have that match happen was so cool because we often don't see matches that happen this long on television. So already it's special because like I'm, I'm reading the format. I'm like, oh, there are multiple commercial breaks in this. This is going to be really good. And I I know all of these guys. I know FTR really well and I know how they put together matches. And I can't imagine how much fun they had putting this together and how cool it was. And then also just like how long it went. I think it went like 58 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. Wild. Absolutely wild. And there was so much great storytelling. There was, there's, there's so many times where like, I don't get to watch the show during the day because I'll have like the first match and maybe like the fourth and I'm just preparing in between. And I end up having to like watch little clips of it after this is one of those matches where you're walking around backstage and you just stop and watch a monitor because it was so good. It was so absolutely great. Uh, I got to talk with both Juice and Jay after the match. And, and you know, Jay was still fairly new to AEW at that point. And, you know, I, I, I asked them basically, how did doing that feel? You know, going doing that for an hour. And, you know, they had talked about some of the differences in working in Japan and how how much preparation goes into uh, that type of match in Japan because, you know, language barriers, things like that. But with FTR, it's a little bit different because mm-hmm. that's not what you're going to get with FTR. They're, they're going to be very old school in how they, they go about this match. And I think it, it was both a gift and a curse because ultimately this was uh, a match that made us want to see more. <laughs> yes. But on the other side of that, uh, you know, Juice Robinson and, and Jay White, both have singles aspirations and weren't necessarily going to continue after this. And so, again, it, it was a gift and a curse in that I think everybody coming out of this match wanted to see these guys go at it again. But at the same time, Jay White, he's, you know, that man is going to hold singles gold in AEW. Juice Robinson has really proven his worth this year as a singles performer. Bullet Club Gold has a tag team in the guns. And so uh, a lot of this was almost a swan song for these guys as a tag team that yeah you got to see it but at the same time they're they're moving on they're moving on as singles performers but to get to have this special moment for bullet club gold and ftr i think was excellent i i like you talk about tag teams that have singles aspirations and one of my favorite tag teams in this last year was ricky starks and big bill and i'm kind of using that as a segue into talking about the year that ricky starks had like such an incredible start. We've we've known he's going to be a huge star since he first walked in. Absolute Ricky Starks in Daly's place had some awesome matches. Uh, he was paired with with Taz and Brian Cage for a bit, ended up being FTW champion. But to see him continue in AEW and end up getting gold, but still be a singles wrestler, even though he had tag team gold, it's it just kind of a testament to who he is as a wrestler, who he is as a person, as a character, like the dude just like exudes charisma. And he had some of my favorite singles matches this year. In particular, his match with Brian, which I think was the Texas death match on TV. Yes, it was Texas death. Yes, because they had just had the strap match at the pay-per-view, 
which once you have the strap match, you're like, well, where are you going to go from here? Oh, we're, we're, we're going to go. Okay. Okay. This is where we're going. <laughs> yeah. No, this, this was uh, just beautiful, bloody wrestling television. And uh, it was interesting because this was only Brian's second match back. And uh, for those who don't know, Brian Danielson is a, uh, a maniac. And uh, this man uh, coming back after his injury from the match with Okada at Forbidden Door. And he comes back. He does this incredible strap match uh, that you got to be up close and personal for. And then it's like, you know what? Second singles match back. Texas death match. Just, just turn it up to 11 right out of the gate. Jeez, Brian. Yeah, just, turn, just turned it right up. And, you know, I thought the the strap match, I didn't think that could be top. That's one of my favorite matches, possibly. That, that was an all-timer for me. That was definitely one of the best matches of the year. And for those two to go back out there on television and do a Texas death match on TV, and that's that's a difficult one to do. I think they knocked it out of the park, and I think that they just reminded us that um, this this Brian did so much to help put Ricky on the map as a singles performer. We already knew, you know, we had seen him facing Jericho earlier in the year. He had to have the match with Max at the end of the year last year, but I think to show that Ricky could compete in this type of environment, I think. This should go down as one of those all-timers for Ricky's career. Yes. I, I feel like we're just seeing the start of Ricky Starks at AEW. Like, he's he's one of our future stars. Like, there's there's been so much talk about the Pillars forever, but I think you can kind of change him out, and I think Ricky Starks might be coming in, making some construction and putting himself in there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I actually agree with that, that I think that, you know... You can have more than four pillars, can't you? Uh, it's, it's like if it's a big building, you can have maybe like 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I felt like, again, I just thought that these two, they just did excellent with it. And uh, I agree with you that Ricky Starks should be in that conversation as far as uh, kind of tentpole AEW names, names that when you think of AEW, he should be one of those that's in that conversation. Absolutely. He's just one of those guys. No pun intended. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that when he comes out, people just know that he's a big deal and because he is and he's put in the work and he's gotten there and like doing a Texas death match on TV is hard. Doing it after a phenomenal pay-per-view match is even harder. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude excelled. Well, speaking of Texas death, uh, I have to talk about a performer who also came into his own in 2023, and he made a, he really put himself on the map with the Texas death match. But prior to that, he had also performed with Brian Danielson. And talking about Swerve Strickland, who really went from his last six months in AEW, I think are, again talking about all-timer runs from getting to perform at Wembley with Sting and Darby to having two incredible matches with Hangman Adam Page to his run in the Continental Classic. Uh, He really put himself on the map in 2023 in that latter part of the year. And one way he also got to do so was in a match with Brian Danielson. This was titled Tuesday. Mm-hmm. This was a commercial-free match. You rarely get those in AEW. Oh, I was so uh, happy. But <laughs> you got to see Brian Danielson. And uh, that's right, you ref this match. I did. It was uh, Pacific Northwest. Uh, yeah. Three people. It doesn't happen often, but uh, it happens quite frequently at AEW. It's pretty nice. <laughs> 
Yes, that's right. You you did ref this match. This was in this was Independence, mm-hmm. uh, Missouri. So um, you guys are eating good in in Kansas City there. Yeah, dude. Uh, since we get to talk <laughs> about you guys twice, but yeah, October tenth, Title Tuesday, commercial free, nearly half an hour of commercial free wrestling. But you guys got to see Brian Danielson and Swerve Strickland go one on one. I love this match. I think this was a pay-per-view quality TV match where you got to have all of the thrills of a pay-per-view match. And from start to finish, I think, you know, Brian's one of those guys who the fans adore. But when Swerve got out there, all of a sudden we start hearing those Swerve's house chants and we're seeing a big back and forth. The crowd was split between the two. And, you know, Swerve went to cheat. At mm-hmm. the end of that match, uh, went to use Nana's crown, but uh, and was foiled by Adam Page, which resulted in Brian Danielson getting the victory. But again, this was one of those moments that by the end of it, people felt like Swerve Strickland is is in that spot. He should be considered again one of those tentpole names. The the dude has a rocket ship strapped to him that is probably bigger than any rocket ship I've ever seen strapped to a talent, <laughs> and I'm so proud of it. And to see kind of where he's come before AEW and how he's just completely come into his own as a performer, how he's come into his own as as a wrestler and just has this this power to just draw you in. All he has to do is stand there on the ramp and people are just losing their minds. I really appreciated that this match was commercial free. And for a lot of people who maybe aren't in wrestling it just kind of completely changes how you structure a match. Like one of the things that's really great about pay-per-views is we don't have commercials, but where your commercial is typically you're structuring like, okay, where is your uh, cutoff? Where is your uh, heat happen? Where is your uh, comeback happen? Where these happen is a lot of times dictated by the commercials. So you end up getting a completely different match in a commercial free setting. And Hearing earlier in the day that we were going to be commercial free for as long as we were on that day. And then hearing that these guys got it, I'm like, this is huge. And like, I wish people understood how big of a deal this is. Because to give guys like that freedom to kind of just do whatever they want in a live television setting is so unheard of. And not having the restrictions that normally come with TV along with that was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Do you know how happy I was to get to tell them? Because the thing everybody wants to know in pro wrestling is, what's my times? Mm-hmm. Everybody, that's like the conversation, that's the question how much everybody time do I asks. Got? How much time do I got? <laughs> how much time do I got? Uh, and when I got to tell them, oh yeah, 16. And they looked at me and went, okay, but like, it was like 16, that's it. Yeah, uh, like what are our because- segments? Is it like eight on the front, like 245? And then this was like, no, it's 16. Like, what? This is straight 16. And that's it. So that that was a great conversation to get to have. <laughs> and Aubrey, I wanted you to pick the last one here. Ooh, what am I going to pick? Um, I'm going to pick one of my favorite matches from the Continental Classic, which was Andrade versus Brian Danielson. I feel like we're just talking about Brian Danielson a lot, but like honestly, <laughs> you can't talk about 2023 without talking about Brian Danielson. He had a year. He had quite the year. Did. Television, pay-per-view, doesn't matter. And he was injured for a good chunk of it, so it's like, dude... <laughs> But this was really great because we've seen what Andrade has done in his whole career back in Mexico, in America, and all of these things. And I just, a lot like Roosh, I don't think he had necessarily had that opportunity yet to be elevated in the way that he could be, in the way that we knew that he could be. And to see this match he had with Brian in the Continental Classic, Brian had just come back with from the eye injury that he got from Andrade. 
And to see Andrade be as brutal as he was and to see him win, I was shocked when I when I was talking to them and then like tell me the finish. I'm like, what what? <laughs> like <laughs> we talk about people like you know, not necessarily needing to win to get the benefits of a match, but like when you win, you get a huge benefit. <laughs> yeah, you do. Especially in this, because it's a tournament, there's points. Like this will literally change the outcome of the tournament. Like people will like have all their predictions online and then all of a sudden seeing the reaction of, oh, oh, this this changes things. And it changes the conversation a lot about both of these wrestlers where you're like, man, like we know Brian's great. Now we're reminding you Andrade is great. So I, I was really happy I got to do this. I love working with Andrade. I love working with Brian. And to work with pretty much anybody during the Continental Classic was just really, really fun because tournaments are so great. I'm glad we got to end the year on an incredible tournament. Uh, it was one of my honestly favorite times that we had at, at TV in these past 12 months. That, honestly, I, I was a big fan of the Continental Classic. Obviously, people saw my my tweets breaking down the scenarios and things along those lines, which was a lot of fun uh, to, to calculate all of that in a spreadsheet. But I think one of the things I was most proud of with this tournament was how much it was able to put certain guys on the map. Um, that, you know, you walked away from this tournament with a different view of Brody King. Mm -hmm. You walked away with a different view of Daniel Garcia and even Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, um, guys that you knew could go, but now you got to get a reminder can go. And I think Andrade was one of those guys that, I don't know why anybody had any doubts in him in the first place. Right? But if, but if you... But this was just a solid reminder of who he is, what he brings to the table, and what more you should want to see out of Andrade. And I was so proud of how he walked away from this tournament and what he was able to do in it. And to go in there with Brian Danielson to target the eye, an eye injury that occurred with Andrade, and to see it play a factor again in this match. Yeah, this was just a beautiful professional wrestling match. And uh, one that scared a lot of people because everybody was panicked over Brian Danielson. Oh, the eye patch got ripped off. And I was just yeah, like, no! Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think it was so necessary for what the tournament needed. And I think it was the match that really put the tournament over the top because everything at that point was like full speed ahead. Like we knew this was good and then it became great right at that moment. Yep. Uh, I just, I mean, shout out to Daniel Garcia too. I know that he didn't really get any points in the tournament, but it's been really great to see him establish himself as who he is during the year of 2023 with the dance, being a part of JAS, and then seeing him kind of break out and become this new iteration of Daniel Garcia. He is so incredible to watch. And every time he's on, all he has to do is raise his arms. And it's yeah. like crowd goes nuts. He doesn't even need to do the dance. But the dance is such a small part to who he is. You enjoy all of the wrestling you get with Daniel Garcia on top of just this little fun dance. So, And I'm glad he got what he got out of the mm -hmm. tournament. Like ultimately, I think Daniel Garcia is is better now for uh, for everything he got to do in the tournament. And especially the way he got to end it. Like, I, I'm, I'm really proud of him. Yeah, it was it was such a great year, such a great tournament like so many amazing things happened in 2023 just on weekly television and i am so thoroughly excited for what the year has for us ahead 2024 well it's to see aew continue to grow 
every single year, almost exponentially at this point. And we added so many pay-per-views to our calendar. We've added uh, incredible roster members to our roster. We've, we've added incredible people behind the scenes, such as yourself. Thank you very much. But to see what we're doing now and to see what we've done, I can only imagine what this episode is going to be like next year when we talk about it. Yeah, uh, I, I am curious because as we've worked on and laid out plans for 2024, uh, I'm almost curious to look back on this episode and what I was thinking at this point. So I'm going to like timestamp this for myself cool. and go back to it and and uh, and see how much changed by the end of that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's wild. I'm, I'm so happy we're on this journey together. So great. Yes, you've been listening to the 200th episode of AEW Unrestricted. So many awesome matches last year. So many, many matches to come. You can watch Dynamite on Wednesdays on TBS, Rampage on TNT on Fridays, Collision on Saturday, TNTs. You can listen to this podcast, new episodes every Thursday, on all of your favorite podcast platforms, and then watch the video episodes on Monday. I am Aubrey Edwards with my personal friend, Will Washington. Thank you so much for listening. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted, got the house now. We gonna turn it up.